Certain conversations should be non-negotiable in your house. But when should you have them and how? Tough conversations are just that tough. Either way, we still need to have it with our children. Today, my guest, Beth Ferris, will be talking about how to have hard conversations with your children. Now, Beverly Chavez lives in Orange County, California with her husband, Jason, who serves as a pastor. They have three children, Samantha, Jack, and Jude. They previously lived in the Middle East. Bev's writing has been featured at Risen Motherhood, the Gospel Coalition, Gospel-Centered Discipleship, Nine Marks, and ERLC. Bev is passionate about helping women grow in their love for the Trian God, His Word, and His people. Welcome to the Gems of Motherhood, Bev. It's so great to have you back on the show. Thanks for having me again. It's so good to be back. Yes, and thank you again for waking up so early (laughs) because I know it's Pacific Standard Time uh, and it's like 7 a.m. in the morning right now. So I really appreciate you coming on. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I'm sure there's people who are getting way earlier than me. So I can't. (laughs) Now, we had a previous recording, and in our last conversation, we left off mainly discussing about having difficult conversations with our children, especially addressing certain issues that our world is facing today and the issues in, in that our children will face eventually. And Now, we're living in a time of darkness. However, there is plenty of opportunity that have arise for us as Christians to be able to share the gospel, to be a light in the midst of the darkness. But it seems as though like children seem to be the main target, especially when we're talking about the issue of gender identity. How do we have those conversations with our children, the young and the old? Yeah, so I think you've touched on a very important idea, which is that we have those conversations. And I grew up in a culture where you don't have those conversations. Mm-hmm. So I think you you and I grew up in a very yeah. similar culture, in the Asian culture, whereby we never really address or communicate in a way whereby we're open to talk about certain things, right? Exactly. And so what that sort of did for me as a child was to go to my friends for those answers. And Mm -hmm. thankfully, I have friends who they didn't necessarily give me bad answers, but they didn't also lead me to the truth. So I have been incredibly thankful for parents and mothers who've modeled to me Mm. um, how to have those kinds of hard conversations with their children and what that looks like and value of it. Especially after I've having some friends who've raised adult children now, those children that they raised are now parents themselves and just sort of getting to see the fruit of that, you know, having hard conversations with them from the time they were really little until even now. So, yeah, it is very important for us as Christian parents to have those conversations with our children from a young age and for the children to feel it's safe to go to mom and dad with any questions. There's no wrong question. We want to provide an environment where they want to instinctively come to us first instead of going to the world to answer these hard questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, going to friends is really not the solution. And I think our role as mothers, our role as parents, we, we play such an incredible, huge role to our children, not just by modeling for them, but creating a safe space to have those conversations with them yeah. and not being afraid. And for them not being afraid to come up to us or feel like they can only talk to their friends. Right, 
That's right. And in today's society, you know, the pride flag is everywhere. What do you say to your children and how might you suggest for parents to address it when your children see the flag? Yeah, you know, I think for some Christian parents, the temptation might be to hide our kids. So we want to hide them. We want to shelter them. And I think there's something really good in that, right? Because we want them to be naive about sin and about Mm -hmm. uh, ways that are opposed to what the Lord has said in his word. But at the same time, my father-in-law, mother-in-law, they both have this wonderful phrase that they say, you know, their job was to prepare their kids for the world, Mm -hmm. to live in the world while not being of the world. And so I took that to heart. Um, because while I want to protect them and that's right for me to protect them, I also want to prepare them. And, you know, my kids, I've seen it, they're young, but they've been inundated with different messages and ideas, both even at school and just walking around at a store with me. Like when they look on the grocery stand and there's magazines and like you said, like flags and things, they, I can't hide those things. And so Mm -hmm. they've asked me questions about them and those become opportunities for conversations to let my children know. We mentioned, I mentioned this last time in the last interview, but a really helpful way to have these conversations, and there's many ways, but one way that I find helpful with older children is to have a conversation guided by the big story of the Bible. Mm -hmm. So here's some big terms. You have systematic theology, which is you can go to the Bible about any specific topic. So you can say, okay, here's what the whole Bible has to say about whatever homosexuality. Mm -hmm. But then there's also biblical theology, which is just a big word for looking at the whole story of the Bible. What, how does the whole story of redemption matter? And how should we read the whole story of the Bible? And how does that affect our lives? Mm-hmm. So, sorry, this is a longer answer, but no, that's fine. oftentimes when my children are confronted with things they see in this world, those become a great opportunity to, to ask questions like, okay, you want to talk about this? Well, how did God make the world? When you think about that, particular issue. How did Mm -hmm. God design the world? And then, Mm -hmm. you know, what was it like in the garden? Okay. Well, then you go, you know, from creation to the fall. Mm -hmm. So then you, you talk with your kids about, well, how did the fall affect God's design? Um, So how did sin affect that particular issue? And then you move from creation fall to redemption. How did Jesus redeem us regarding this issue? So what is it that Jesus came to do in regards to this issue? Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously to save us, to save us from our sin, uh, to adopt us and make us heirs with him. So then the last question is, and how does, how, why do we look forward to the new creation regarding Mm -hmm. this issue? So, you know, what, what is it that is, how will it be um, in the new creation? And just doing that with my kids Helps them see like the issue is not what is central, but God's plans for humanity is what supersedes all of these issues. And we don't need to be afraid. We don't need to hate people uh, because, hey, we're sinners too. And if anyone knows the goodness of God's grace, it's going to be us, right? So as mothers, these are opportunities to say, you know, you're looking at this issue that's in the world and God's not surprised by it. In fact, Mm -hmm. he knew this issue was coming. And so he sent Jesus, his son, to die for our sins. And it just becomes a wonderful opportunity instead of making them afraid to give them confidence in what Jesus did. Now, what were some of the questions that they've asked you? Uh, Well, I remember (laughs) just 
so your listeners have a little bit of a background. I have homeschooled. I have, my children have been in public school. And I remember being on campus with my child and we were just waiting. It was, you know, the kids were lining up and her little friend was there and they must have been, I don't know, in second grade. So very mm-hmm. young at the time. And her friend right in front of me, I don't even know how they got into the conversation, but her little friend turned around and just sweetly, innocently said, well, my mommy says two women can get married. Mm. And my daughter was very quick to say, well, that's not what, that's not what the Bible teaches. And there was no animosity, mm-hmm. but it was just this very sweet and simple conversation mm-hmm. between the two of them. And I knew, okay, like even at that age, and we live in a very conservative school district, mm-hmm. they're they're going to face these issues. Right. And they're going to have friends. They're going to have friends who believe differently. And I think a lot of parents get scared at that idea. But I, when I look at scripture, I see in the New Testament a pattern of the early church fathers and members of the early church going out and pushing, like you said, Mm -hmm. it's a time of darkness. They're pushing the light into Mm -hmm. dark places. Mm -hmm. They're not hiding it under a bushel, right? So they're pushing and advancing the light into places where it is not. And that's a privilege. So that it's a privilege for us to be able to do that and include our children in that work. So yeah, I think uh, that was, uh, I mean, I'm sure that was really shocking to you too. How was, what was your reaction in, in that moment? You know, I was shocked in that moment because it was a conversation between two <laughs> seven-year-olds. <laughs> right. But I just, I was also encouraged because I got to see the conversation unfold. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that not every parent gets to have that, you know, be right. there for those conversations. But I think going back to that, what my friends who are done raising children have modeled to me, it's the follow-up. So mm-hmm. letting, circling back at the end of the day with my daughter, we, I think after the day was over, we had a conversation about that and, you know, she'd already forgotten about it. So she was right. like, but, but it, those became the opportunities where I don't go into specific detail when they're really young, but I can tell them, you know, this is God's good plan. This was God's good plan for man and woman. This is what we believe. And she gets it. She gets it. Now, as time goes on, you know, the messaging of the world, it's like it it seeks to wear down on us. Right. And so that's the other thing is we have found it important to surround them with other like minded friends to see it as normal for us to be part of our church family, to be involved in our church family, to be serving the Lord. So so on top of having those conversations and knowing how to have those conversations, also bookending it with how we live so that they know you can always go to the community of God with mm-hmm. your questions too. Yeah. And obviously love matters, right? How can we approach this issue with love and how can we demonstrate love to our kids in this matter? Mm-hmm. Well, I love that. I mean, I have a very special heart for public school because mm-hmm. like we talked about last time, Sharon, you and I, we're familiar with having Eastern backgrounds. We're familiar mm-hmm. with idolatry. So I was not raised in a Christian home and we worshiped idols, but What was so sweet about it was I had Christian friends who had parents who were Christians and they would invite me to church. In fact, that was the first time I ever went to church was with a friend who invited me. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was such a new 
concept and they fed me and I got to hear stories and it really softened my heart by God's grace to God. This Mm -hmm. idea of a triune, one God who loves, who loves his people. So I think if we're having these conversations, it's crucial that we remind our children, God loves sinners. We love sinners, right? Because if there was something beautiful in us and that's why he wanted to save us, then we put ourselves at the center of God's grace. Right. Um, But actually it's God's grace that's at the center. We have, we brought nothing to the relationship except our sin. Mm -hmm. So there's hope. So I think when I have these conversations with my kids, not knowing ways that they'll even be tempted or are tempted, if you have teenagers, um, ways that they're going to struggle, just reminding them, you know, God loves sinners and there is a endless supply of hope. Yeah. And then obviously to pray. So you got to get their back by praying for them, even before you have these conversations, just knowing that and trusting them to the Lord ultimately. Yeah. Amen. I mean, prayer is definitely everything, right? Um, (laughs) Everything. (laughs) I know that it is really important for us as parents, as mothers to model our heart for the Lord and how we walk our everyday lives to our children. What are some ways we can help our children to be rooted in the word? Well, definitely we need to model it. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to enjoy it ourselves. And one of the, oftentimes it comes down to how you see or view something, right? So it's very important for us to remember that God's word is our food. It's our bread. It's our water. Mm-hmm. Um, it's our, it's a feast for us. Like you look at Psalm 119 and, oh, the psalmist just can't get enough of God's word. It's the longest a psalm and even, I guess, chapter in the Bible. And it's all about God's word, how he Mm -hmm. loves and delights in it, how he finds freedom in it and how it's like honey to him. So sweet. And I think oftentimes in our busy society, we feel like I just don't have time for it. It's, you know, it's less essential than work and raising my kids and Mm -hmm. taking care of the home. But the reality is we are embodied souls. So that's what we are. Our soul, this body will fade. The the soul will go on forever, whether into glory or into eternal punishment. And so it needs to be fed. The mm-hmm. soul needs to be fed. And how the food that we eat is the word of God. The way I see it is teaching my kids how to eat. So showing them, hey, this is how mommy eats. I need the word of God. I need to meditate and chew on it, right? Like yeah. I, I need to give it time to digest, um, to get the nutrients. Um, I can eat alone, but I can also eat with people. So um, it's a really great analogy and a way to think about um, how to model for our kids. Yeah. Um, that this is the bread of life. Like Jesus is the bread of life. We need him. He's the word in flesh. And we need that. Like we need him. So. Amen. Yeah. And the only way to to get more of him is to hear and hear his voice in his word. Amen. That was so good. And it's so true because uh, truly his word is our daily bread, our daily food. Without it, we kind of go bonkers, you know. (laughs) And I think some people will say, oh, no, I don't. I don't. But I 
can definitely sense when I'm starving. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when I'm spiritually starving, yeah. I, I turn to my schedule, my structure, all these other things. I ex- everything except the Lord. Yeah. So, and you're off too. I mean, like yeah. my husband would check me and be like, did you read your word today? Oh, <laughs> you know, so and, I mean, if he finds that that's like I'm snappy or whatever, he's like, did you read your word today? <laughs> That is awesome. And I have a good friend who said she was the one who I used to, when I was single, I had this idea that, oh, you know, quiet time. Like it Mm -hmm. always has to be me in the corner with my coffee and like no one bothering me. And she was really influential in my life to Mm -hmm. remind me when I was a a mother with really young kids, Bev, make it a family meal, put them on your lap, read with them. You know, Mm -hmm. don't see them as an obstacle to your growing in holiness, see them as bring them in, like Mm -hmm. show them what the Lord has done. Don't see them as in the way, but see them as you're bringing them along Mm -hmm. on the journey. Yeah, it's great. Now, as we were talking about all these challenging topics, and obviously it could be shocking and it could be very uncomfortable for moms at times. How should moms handle this discomfort and battle this challenge that they see ahead of them? Mm, I mean, there's a lot of challenges coming that, you know, have have not been faced in history. But there are a lot of challenges that have been faced throughout history. And that was the neat thing about this last year was reading a history book with my children and seeing, wow, every age has really difficult challenges for the believers in that age. Because I think during the pandemic, we felt like the world is coming to an end. Mm -hmm. But as I was reading this history book with my kids, realizing, oh, I think everybody's felt this way for a really long time. Mm. Um, It's like labor pains, you know, where from the time Jesus went back and said, he's going to make a place for us. We're feeling these labor pains because sin has entered the world. And so the work of training up children in the way that they should go is going to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It is going to be hard. You're you're in a battle. And so I always have to remind myself, there's many ways that you can encourage yourself concerning the discomfort, but I often go back to the armor of God mm. and have committed it to memory. In fact, that would be a great thing for moms to do is to commit to memory some really key verses regarding things that are particularly challenging. Yeah. Um, Because every mother is going to have a different set of challenges and because they have different strengths and they have a different upbringing, but still the same Lord overall and his word is effective and useful for training us up in righteousness. So having key verses that you memorize for the particular things you struggle with, like if it's anger or if it's fear or if it is inconvenience, there's the Bible addresses all of these things. And so that's been crucial for me. I think that Ephesians 6 passage on the Mm. armor of God has been Mm -hmm. huge for me Mm -hmm. because it reminds me my battle as a Christian is not just against flesh and blood. Right. It's also against principalities. There is a war raging that I cannot see. Right. And the way that we're going to be protected and defended and able to fight is if we put on you know, we open that that wardrobe God has given us yeah. and put it on. And there's such a power in speaking promises over our lives, over our children, mm-hmm. over our family. Such a um, yeah, because God's word is the sword, basically. And that's and right. It, it is power. 
um, over us. Absolutely. Uh, that's such a, that's a really great reminder. Now we're pretty much at the end of our show, but I would love to hear, is there anything else that you'd like to share with other gents of mothers out there in regards to this particular topic and having hard conversations with our children? Mm, I mean, there's, there's so many wonderful things that could be said about this. And I, I even think uh, during this last year, my my son, rec- more recently, has been having lots of anxiety about the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it really caught us off guard because my husband and I are pretty laid back people. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. our son just started exhibiting a lot of anxiety and, and it was disruptive to his life. Mm-hmm. And I think it became clear to us how prone we were to worry ourselves, to even be tempted to doubt, like, why, God, why, well, you know, why is this little kid dealing with this? But I think in some way, it kind of mirrors God using them to train us up as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm always telling my kids, pray and trust the Lord. And then here's this opportunity. And I'm like tempted to not pray and not trust, but to like go to Google and like look up things to deal with anxiety. And I was just so convicted. This, These are the opportunities. And sure enough, I mean, the best thing the thing that worked for him every time was prayer Mm -hmm. and going to God's word. And it just was so sweet to see the Lord be faithful to him in that way. And then also to us. So I guess I would encourage parents, you, you do want to, it's tempting to want to read up on all the issues that are, that we face and that our children will face, but it's kind of like that idea of how people I can't remember, but in the FBI, to, in order to figure out which bills, like large, like money, monetary bills, mm-hmm. like which ones are real and which ones are counterfeit. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. You don't study the counterfeit. You study right. the real thing. Right. And I think that's what we do. We we study. We sit at the feet of the real triune God. Yeah. And we say this was your design. This was your plan. I'm going to study that more than I'm going to study the counterfeits that want to take your place. Lord, I'm going to be acquainted with you, with your heart, with your desire for humanity. And that's the place we want to start more than being so read up on all the issues that are out there. Analogy of the counterfeit versus the real, more than being read up on all the competing issues that are out there that we face or that our kids face. Because I know people who are so, they're reading up on the vaccine, they're reading right. up on First Amendment rights and they're reading up on voting and they're reading up on LGBTQ plus. Like they're so well read mm-hmm. and, and like just full mm-hmm. on the issues. But you can see the imbalance when they're not also primarily read reading the word of God. Right. Or giving these issues up to the Lord. Yeah. Cause you can be so aware and that can make it, make you feel lopsided, make you feel like right. there's even more food. fear or even more anxiety that you're yeah. dealing with. And back to like reading God's word, having that daily bread gives you that courage, that boldness and the truth that you're able to set yourself free from all the lies that has been, whether it's lies or not lies, you know, whatever is creating anxiety and fear into the hearts of people, we have the tool to fight it. Amen. We do. That's right. And we can either be feeding ourselves and our kids spiritual junk food, right? or we can feed them that filet mignon 
Mm -hmm. um, you know, meat, yeah, meat, hearty, good food. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Well, Bev, I just wanted to thank you so much. This is a really, really great conversation that we just had because obviously there are going to be even more difficult conversations that we are going to have with our children because we don't know what is going to come ahead even more. So, um, but this is definitely a, a starting point for us to be able to have those hard conversations with our children to find different ways and so I just wanted to thank you for coming on the show once again. And I really appreciate all your gem nuggets. Oh, thanks for having me. It's a, it's, it's always so much fun. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Now, if you're wanting to connect with more amazing Gems of Mothers and more resources, head over to gemsofmotherhood.com where you can subscribe to the show. That's where you'll find show notes with actionable tips and any links mentioned by our guest. Most importantly, I hope you'll find inspiration and learn to cultivate your own journey. You are loved. You're an incredible gem to God. He knows you intimately. He knows what you're going through and he knows what you need. Remember, you are fearfully and wonderfully made in him. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.